and we are now live. Uh, Michelle Watson, thank you for coming on today. Of course, thank you for having me. Um, real, real pleasure to be talking to you. Um, as obviously I said off camera, I never thought I'd get a, a response back. So that's uh, super cool. It's made my day. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, just really, really appreciate your time. Um, first question I'd like to sort of um, fire at you is a real simple one. And it's uh, for those that may be tuning in that might not know about you. Um, tell them about yourself and your background. Well, um, so right now I fight for the UFC. I'm ranked seventh in the strawweight division. Um, I've been fighting professionally um, in MMA for probably, uh, I'd say, over tw about 12 years now. Um, and before that, I was doing martial arts. Um, since I was a kid, I've been doing martial arts for over 20 years. So my specialty um, um, and, uh, is karate. I got my black belt in American freestyle karate. And then um, I went off to learn uh, jujitsu. I went off to learn kempo, uh, wushu, and muay thai. And then uh, as a young adult, I moved out to Albuquerque, which is uh, where I started training at Jackson Winkle Johns. Um, um, and um, that's kind of where the most, the bulk of my pro career has taken place. And also where I met my husband, who has, has been in my corner for um, most of my wow. fights since 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 we've had our daughter. So we also have a daughter who is seven years old now. Her name is Araya, and she's a huge part of our this journey as well. And it's kind of just like a little fight family. And and yeah, here we are. So who's your who's your biggest fan? Your husband or or your daughter? Um. I would say my daughter. <laughs> my husband sometimes gets irritated with me when I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so what got you into uh, mixed martial arts in the first place? Well, I have an older brother, and he kind of was <laughs> my um, the person I looked up to as, as a kiddo. So when he got into martial arts, I naturally followed suit, and I, I absolutely became obsessed with it. It... it, it I knew from that point on that I wanted martial arts to be a part of my life, no matter where it took me. Um, and just when I became an, a young adult, I realized that I wanted to teach. And um, I just feel like if I want to teach, I, I, I would have to be able to tell my students that I've walked the walk. I've just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, speaking or yeah, speaking through your actions. And so that's how I was raised. It was walk the walk, don't talk the talk. So I, I needed to walk the walk. I needed to to take on those challenges myself. And um, it's, became, it's become really rewarding for me and something that has challenged me with each fight that I take, both mentally and physically. And so I continue to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's um, kind of a... A really good move to do because obviously that gives the people that you're teaching kind of confidence that you know what you're going on about and how to deliver it um, because you've lived the life yourself and uh, kind of been been at the top of the game um, whereas you can get people out there that maybe haven't walked the walk and so on who might not be as, as credible in teaching and the students may be like well, what have you done with your your time. You know I mean? why should i why should i believe what you're saying is true 
Exactly. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are teachers that have never fought in their lives and they're incredible, amazing teachers. I just, um, you know, that's just kind of how I've always viewed it. And I think especially being a female, um, would just have liked to know for, for, for myself that I could do it, you know? Mm, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, how do you manage your nerves like before you fight? Uh, because obviously it must be uh, an amount, like a massive amount of um, pressure to be going in there to fight in front of people. And obviously, you know, it's a dangerous sport as well. You know, you're not going in there or playing football or whatever. You're, you know, getting punched and kicked in the face. So what are your nerves like beforehand? What kind of goes through your mind and how do you calm yourself? Um, well, you know, I think it's been a long journey of trying to figure that out. And I think with each fight, it's still something that I'm trying to figure out. But the nerves is part of it. It's something that you should really embrace and allow to propel you, you know, that you I, how I explain it is you get the same the, the, the same feeling you get before you're gonna ride on a roller coaster is the same feeling you get when you almost get in a car accident or is if when you get in a car accident. Um, and it's just how you perceive those emotions. And so taking those nerves and actually using it um, to your benefit and then allowing it to awaken, you know, your your spirit or get you in the zone is what I've really been trying um, hard to do. Um, yeah. And um, I think that just it's my personality to, to rise to the occasion. So I, I feel like when when – I'm under the lights. That's when I perform the best. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's um, like the the perks of managing your your emotions, like you said, with the nerves, because obviously, uh, you can have that fight or flight kind of aspect. And um, a good example would be like a sprinter um, and a hundred meters. There's people that will like fire off the line, perfect, and and have the best race of their lives. But there's people that will freeze on the the start line and don't know how to move because they're so nervous they get like a stage fright i think think you'd call it so i suppose it's a really good um thing for yourself to be able to manage them and use them in a positive way rather than kind of stepping into to the octagon and being like oh my god this is so much pressure i'm so nervous what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so it is yeah i mean credit to and you, you for know that. It, it does happen you know you can't you Every fight's different. Every moment's different. But that's the that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to go out there and and to allow yourself to just be in the moment. Um, and and that's why we we do these things is is tr is to try to to find our our individual zone. Do you have any um, pre-fight rituals at all? Like, do you do anything the night before, or um, like, do you have like? lucky pants or something that you wear when, when you're going and fighting like anything like that no I don't um I feel like I just feel like it would be too much it would mess with my mind if something didn't happen if I had to do something ritually and it didn't and it wasn't able to happen there's just there's just too many variables fight week fight night um it, it always changes so um i don't i don't know what mm, any there's no way that i could have a type of ritual because 
everything's always changing and I wouldn't want to mess myself up having a ritual and not being able to do it. Yeah, and I suppose being a mother obviously um, throws any sort of rituals that you might have out the window because obviously parenting in its own world is a, <laughs> a tough battle, I can imagine. Yeah, well, with that being said, um, since Araya has been born, she has been to every single one of my fights. And um, and, and that has been pretty awesome. So I, I don't know if you want to call that a ritual. I don't know if it's something that we'll continue to do. If we can... We will. Just, uh, just have her at the fights? Yeah, bring her to the fights. Yeah, I think she'd always be there. Yeah, so um, we weren't going to bring her to Germany with us when we were scheduled to fight out there. But she's older now, and if we can bring her along for the ride and and uh, let her experience the journey too and let her be a part of it, I think it's, it's really cool and something that she can hold on to for the rest of her life. So, Joshua, what's it like for yourself as well, being sort of on the outside watching Michelle perform on the inside? Do you get nervous or like when um, maybe she gets punched in, in the octagon, do you find yourself getting a bit fired up? Like, that's my wife in there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, being on the outside, how do you control your, your emotional state? No, you know what? Um, I have to kind of, and I've had to learn this um along the years, but kind of just detach my relationship with Michelle. And, you know, at that time, it's kind of more of a coach, right? So when she is competing, um, I'm not even watching her, you know, to be honest, I'm watching the other person and I'm trying to figure out what's open, what, you know, what are their habits, what are their tendencies? And um, that works out the best, right? If I, if I, if I'm worried about Michelle, then, then obviously we didn't, you know, we didn't do something right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, man. I get you. You've got complete sort of faith and trust that she's going to go in there and do uh, what you've been training. Exactly, um, yeah. So you don't need to necessarily focus on her, as well as obviously you're looking at the opponent, finding uh, things that you can exploit to obviously pass the message on. Exactly, that's right. And as well as obviously your, your daughter being there as well, I'm sure that gives you uh, it gives you something else to think about as well. Yeah, you know what? But when our daughter's there, you know, she's with um, either it's my sister-in-law, it's my mother-in-law, um, or some some family person is there with her. And so, you know, I make sure before the fight, you know, I, I'll talk to security, I'll talk to, you know, sometimes even Dana, whoever it is that we have to talk to, to make sure that everything's gonna be fine there. That way, I can just relax and focus on what Michelle has coming up. You know, and the UFC's always done a great job as far as um, helping us out there. So. That's cool, man. Um, what mm. is your training regime like, Michelle? Like uh, fight camp wise? Um, well, uh, we train six days a week. We have one day for recovery. Um, throughout the week, we have morning practice every day at the gym, and that's basically like a team practice. And it varies on the day. Uh, it's different types of sparring, whether it's MMA sparring. Big 16-ounce glove sparring, wrestling, um, or MMA jiu-jitsu. And then um, I do strength and conditioning twice a week. And then I do jiu-jitsu three times a week. And then I do mitts, mitt work uh, anywhere between three and four times a week. <laughs> and then um, I run every morning. And then we do a sprint session um, once a week. And that's kind of give or take the, the schedule. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending on um, my body and how it's feeling. 
So how do you manage your time, like being a mother and like a professional MMA fighter in those moments? Um, I would say huge help is Josh, you know, Josh and my mom, my mom usually comes down, um, to help me watch the little one. And so Josh, he comes with me to the gym. He, he's an extra eye when I'm sparring, we go for runs together, but, um, he also, uh, does a lot of the things that aren't necessarily the hardest things to do, but just very time consuming, like taking a Ray to school, picking her up from school, doing homework with her, packing her lunch, all those little things that you, uh, you, you overlook, but really, you know, cut into your day when you're trying to focus on a fight. We just cut, it cuts into yeah. the, I was going to say it just it cuts into the recovery time which is probably just as important as the training. 100%. I mean um Tyson Fury was talking on the Joe Rogan show about like overtraining and how mm. um you can go step inside like the boxing ring and you feel like you're in mud because you've overtrained mm -hmm. too much. So I definitely would say recovery is a a massive massive part of um, being at an elite level, which I think a lot of people seem to um, neglect or think, oh, I don't need to recover. I need to train more and more and more and more. Yeah, and that's how the fighter is always going to be. Like that's the fight. That's that becomes the fight or the tough part between me and Michelle because I'll be able to see her, and you know I'll see her her body language or, or whatever, and it's all I'll call it and I'll say, hey, you know what? Today we're going to just chill. We're not going to do anything or, or let's go watch a movie or something. And in, in her mind, you know, it's nope. Let's go, go, go. And um, you know it's a bit of a fight, but we gotta we gotta kind of pull the reins back a little bit. Because so, because you're right, athlete's always gonna be go go go, you know. Yeah. So random question: um, Who would win off out of a little spar out of you two? If you're just gonna have a little spar, you two in you know little <laughs> little pads. Who who wins? If, who wins? <laughs> if I sneak attack him, then I win. Like he's but he's just like way too big and strong. You know, I think he would bully me. <laughs> no michelle's she's when i mean that would be a show in its own to, for someone to watch when uh when we do spar because um i have a tendency of of smiling and laughing at her and and i tell her this but i don't think it matters at the time um in her mind you know she wants to really hurt me i think and in my mind i'll smile and laugh at certain shots and and i tell her that you know i'm not laughing because I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because it hurts. You know what I mean? It's it, you're, yeah. you're, you're, I feel your, your leg, you know, I feel my bone, you know, you know, so it just, I try and tell her I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because this hurts, you know? And, um, yeah, it, 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 it's funny for sure. Michelle, does that wind you up a little bit when he's like laughing at you and you're just like, Oh my, oh God, my gosh, it gets my blood boiling. And, and I just, it, you know, Anything I do to him, it's not going to hurt him like it would somebody that it was fighting that was my own weight. And so it's just one of those things. It's like no matter what, I'm I, I'm going to have a hard round. And in my mind, I'm like, he's just playing with me basically. And and I'm having like the, one of the hardest rounds of my of my camp. And he's just over here laughing at me. <laughs> so who's um, who's been your toughest opponent so far? I would say um, for, you know, you. I don't think you can really compare who's your toughest opponent because every fight's different. You're a different fighter going into each fight and um, you're in a different place. Your opponent is different stylistically. Um, I would say that 
having to fight Courtney Casey after a two to fight lost streak was hard mentally, but it wasn't because of her as the opponent, but just in the space that I was in mentally. Um, the hardest opponent that I think I, like I said, there's nobody that I can really, um, think of off the top of my head. Everybody's challenging in their own ways. So I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. No, that's cool. Um, I know, 2017 was like quite a, a difficult uh, year for you. How did you overcome the things that uh, happened then and how did that affect your mentality and drive moving forward with life? You know, I think we. I just had to remind myself of the reason why I was fighting. It, um, you, you can get to a point in your career where you, you forget about those things. You forget about the why. You forget about how you forget about how much fun it is and that martial arts is my passion and, and instead all those all of those thoughts are replaced with the pressure of winning with the pressure of moving up the ranks the pressure of entertaining the crowd the pressure of building your brand um the pressure of winning because the difference between a win and a loss in in the ufc is half your pay um the pressure of trying to bring home money for your family, all those things begin to add up and it gets in the way of what you're really what you really should be set out to do, which is to win the fight and, and to to show the world what you have as an athlete. Mm. What are your future plans um within sort of the UFC? What's your main goal? Obviously I assume it's going for the, the title. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it, it wasn't really something that I would say out loud, um, but for sure after my last fight, talking to Joe on the mic and just saying I want to be the first um, champion in the UFC who is a mother, and um, I, I think and I hope that that would be a huge motivation for a lot of other, not just mothers but parents out there all over the world to continue to strive for their goals even as parents so uh joshua what's it like for you um having to sort of support michelle as a husband when she's going through her fight camps and things like that is that quite stressful for yourself or is it fairly easy going and you just kind of crack on no i think we do a good job of, of just kind of um, like cracking on, like you said, uh, I feel like when when um, when we are in fight camp, we kind of get a lot more structured and organized because now we have our you know she has training at this time, we're gonna hit mitts at this time, she has jujitsu at this time, and so everything is kind of you know we sit down weekly, um, we'll plan it out for the week, and and we get things really going. Um, so stressful wise, I mean, it's just no, it's just like any other family, I think, you know certain obstacles are always going to be there. So I think it was just um, kind of figuring out what works. And I think now the last two fights, I'd say even really just the last fight, um, I think we've gotten a really good uh, pattern. What do you say uh, like preparation is very much key to, to it being sort of easier and not non-stressful now? Because obviously, if I assume if you didn't prepare like and didn't have this structure in place that – everything would kind of go all over the place and, and things might well, yeah. happen and, and that might affect yeah. Michelle as well. Yeah, no, no. And I think even um, going back to your last question, as far as 
me managing the stress. Um, so the last two fights, we, we, we completely switched things around, especially on my end. Um, so I have my own business. And so what happened is now, you know, the whole morning is basically off for Michelle. And, um, what we would do is, you know, like she said, I'll go to her gym. I'm an extra eye, figure out what's working, what's not. I, I have a good relationship with coach Wink and Joey. And so we talk to each other. We're all on the same page. And then whatever we have to work on kind of just, uh, instill in Michelle's mind a hundred times or a million times or whatever it's gotta be, we can do it here at home and, and, and I know exactly what the coaches want. And so because of that, um, it makes me a lot more confident. And so, again, then there's kind of – it limits the stress because, again, now we know, now I know, hey, the work's been done. Um, and so it keeps us kind of confident, you know. Mm. Um, going off on a little tangent, uh, just kind of something I wanted to ask. Obviously, you don't have to answer. Um, for kind of questions for both the questions for both of you is what would you say is like the success behind like a a strong relationship for for your yourselves like how how have you made it work and and everything like I think that communication What's, what would you say yeah um communication and just um being vulnerable and just like a transparency of like true emotions and, and, and feeling okay to, to share those emotions with, with your spouse, whether, um, whether or not it's going to hurt your spouse's feelings. I think it's important to, to, to say them rather than bottle them up, sweep them under the rug or pretend like those emotions aren't there because, you know, your spouse isn't going to know if there's a problem, if you're irritated, if you're sad, if you're mad, if you don't say anything. And maybe they might be get able to, to figure it out by your body language. <laughs> and in your mind, you might think that they should be able to figure out, especially if you've been with them for over 10 years. But sometimes you just can't. And sometimes just trying to play mind games with your spouse is just exhausting and it's better to just get it out there. And sometimes those are hard conversations to have, but they're better to have been had than not at all. Yeah, but so, so yeah, just like we were saying, so the communication I think is, is huge. Um, and just like what Michelle was saying, but also sometimes it's, it's maybe not having the conversation at a certain moment, right? Because sometimes people can be upset and mad and heated and, and ready to just say the first thing that's on their mind. Um, luckily for us, you know, Michelle has some frustration. She can go work out. I have some frustration. I enjoy working out so I can work out as well. And that allows the person to kind of think and, okay, what is it that I'm trying to say to my wife or, or to my husband, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, communication is, is huge. And I, I wouldn't have said that years ago, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican, right? So the Latin community, we don't, we don't really communicate really well. Uh, but Michelle's kind of over the years brought it out of me, and, and I think now <laughs> we've gotten. It, it's been at points where we're arguing. He doesn't want to talk to me, and I I can't like I can't move forward until the the argument or the problem is resolved. So he'll walk away and go into the room, and I literally follow him, and then he'll try to leave the room, and I literally close the door and sit in front of the door like a little kid until he talks to me. And well, that was that was years ago, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing: so this is this was again work on both ends, right? Because I would tell Michelle, like, hey, listen, I'm not, we're going to get to this, but I need to process my thoughts, right? Because if I have a conversation with you right now, it's not going to come out well. And it, I, I might say something that I completely don't mean, but I'm, I'm upset right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so I think we both kind of had to 
had to learn that where Michelle's like, no, let's talk about it now, now, now. And sometimes for me, it was like, no, let's give me a minute, right? Give me, give me, give me 10 minutes. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so it's just been a learning process. And I think we've done a great job of, of growing together, right? Cause people change and, and that's what it should be. You should grow. And I think me and Michelle have done a really good job of, of just talking every day, every night, every morning and kind of grown together. So we've been very fortunate for sure. Yeah, it's good. And I, I assume obviously you both see kind of your lives going in this. Well, you, you saw your lives going in the right direction together and made, made the commitments needed and, um, mm -hmm. communication obviously. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's like a massive, a massive thing that a lot of people can neglect. They can just repress their, their issues and, you know, put it in a, a glass bottle or sweep it under the rug. But eventually the bottle's going to break or the rug's going to be showing the dirt and, and then it all comes out in one big moment and uh, that can potentially ruin a relationship. So it's good oh, that yeah. you have learned that. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it can get really bad if you if you let it boil up like that. And you can and, and that's why they that's why I think that's where the saying comes. You know, you hurt the ones you, you hurt the ones you love the most. Mm. So and it's because like I, I feel like you think that they can handle it. But there's a point, too, where there 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 can be a point where you've crossed the line and there is no turning back from it. You just have to be careful that you don't allow your relationship to get to that point. So, Michelle, how did you get back into shape after childbirth? Because obviously you're in really good shape now. Um, what was that process like for you? Um, I think that for me, it was just, first of all, accepting my new body as a mother and understanding that I, I'm different. And some of the changes were bad. Some of the changes were really good. I think that it, it, being a mother gave me a newfound motivation. My bones were really kind of loose because, you know, when, when you're getting ready to have a baby, they need to loosen up. <laughs> so my, my bones and my jo joints felt like they they weren't stable so instead of doing anything that was high impact like running i would um swim for my cardio and that helped me a lot get get my shape down and also just kind of being patient with my body and and learning to to listen to my body you know it, i i kept telling myself it took it took me 10 months to to make this little baby inside my body and so um i took my first fight back 10 months after i had Area. And in my mind, um, that was an equal amount of time that I could have to, to get back into to fight shape. Um, and obviously, it wasn't what I was before I had Araya, but um, just having a goal in front of me and having a fight set, I think, helped as well. Because if I didn't have a fight set, I, I think I might have been um, comfortable with just staying at home and <laughs> eating my Cheeto puffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing. So like Michelle said, we had our daughter in um, March 18th and then Michelle fought, I think early December. So right away there was a quick goal. And so we didn't give her a chance. And you mentioned that Tyson Fury uh, podcast, right? Michelle didn't have a chance to just sit back and, and not kind of mope and think about the fight game. It was like, Hey, I have a fight coming up in December we have a lot of work to do. We have to get a lot of weight off. And so right away we started running, working out and, uh, and going after it. 
That's a smart move, man. Like a, a massive, um, massive motivator. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I agree. Like a lot of uh, women, obviously after birth, could easily sit back and be like, "Yeah, you know, giving birth to this child, that's great. Like this is this is all fine. Don't worry about anything yeah, else." You know, continue eating, right? When well, then what happens? Like you get bigger, people get depressed, people get you know don't want to do anything. You don't have any energy. Mm. Um, and men do, man. I've been there before, right? So you got to just just go attack it and and so that was scary for us because again we <laughs> we put on some good amount of weight for that pregnancy and uh we had to you know she's you fought at 105 yeah and you know i'm i have to say this because if i don't then i'm not being realistic after i had aria i i didn't want to fight like that there was a moment there was a, a, a period of time when I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be with my baby that has been grown that had grown inside me and I wanted to be nurturing and I wanted to be at home and I wanted to nurse my baby and I wanted to just be a mom. My mind was definitely not on fighting and that's okay too. You know, you have to allow yourself those times too and and you and and don't feel guilty about those moments either. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree as well. Obviously, I was kind of just saying that people will slump into that for like a a, a long period of time and uh, they always mm. never kind of then get back into the shape they want to be in there. They, they've kind of adopted that mentality of like, I'm just going to, you know, sit back here and chill. But obviously having that goal in mind pushed, helped push Michelle in, in the right direction. And I'm sure, uh, Joshua, you maybe helped as well by sort of pulling her towards like come on we need to get up and go and you know you're, you're yeah. fighting in december yeah i mean yeah there's times obviously you know she just had a little one and um you know i mean shoot we got to, we got to work right away we might have maybe had like two weeks off after she had our little one and then uh it was running time you know so you know we bought this we bought a stroller that was you know meant for running and and all right, let's go, let's go, you know, and so there was days and mornings where she didn't want to go run, and it was, you know, let's go. Yeah. Michelle, um, would you consider joining the WWE after your MMA career? Kind of course. Of I'd like to put my hands on Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good. Uh, I think it would be awesome. You know, it's it's a physical sport, something that still requires you to be athletic, and it's something um, – that I um, that I think would be lots of fun to do. That it's going to allow me to work on some more of my acting skills and some scripted stuff, some chore um, um, choreography, fighting stuff. That's going to help me try to break into the movies for action films. You know, all that good stuff. Um, and what was it like fighting on the biggest ever UFC pay per view event? What was that like for you, knowing that all those people were tuning in? Was it just another day in the office or? Was there a bit more? Definitely not. No, for sure it wasn't. There, it was a huge stage. Um, so I had to embrace the the stage, but at the same time, I did have to tell myself that at the end of the day, a fight's a fight, and when you step into the octagon, it's just you and your opponent across from you. And I just kept reminding myself that if I didn't go out there and and be me, then I would regret it for the rest of my life. And so I just told myself to go out there and, and you know, just just let it fly. Let's just let it happen. 
I, I know what I have to offer. I know what kind of skills that I have. And as long as I go out there and I be me, then I'm, I'm not going to regret anything. And Paige Van Zant's obviously confirmed to be fighting in January. Would you like to fight her again sometime or are you not too fussed about that one? You know, I think I beat <laughs> Paige pretty pretty soundly. Um, and, yeah. you know, yeah. she's on a different journey as am I. I feel like if, if that fight was to happen again, she'd have to come back down to 115 and break into the top 10 of the division for me even to consider it being worth my time. Um, so we've been on for 32 minutes um, and I know you only had sort of 30 minute slot so uh, we can wrap it up if you're okay with that. Of course. So thank you so much for, for having us. No, thank thank you both for coming on and uh, talking to me. I was, like I said, I was shocked to uh, to even get a response. So um, massive. No, yeah, sorry, this took us a little bit longer. No, no, honestly, I'm grateful for for your time. Even if you had said ten minutes, I would have been went on board making time for you because uh, to talk to talk to you two has been an absolute pleasure. And obviously, uh, Michelle, I know you're more than likely super busy with loads of people wanting to chat with you and so on. Um, so yeah, really, really, really do appreciate that loads. Um, so yeah, thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, uh, Joshua, I, I'll talk to you off live for two seconds if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you for coming on the show and cheers and we'll wrap this up. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah.